Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Bros and a Beard. My name is Ibrahim. My name is Assad. And today we are kind of continuing our vacation breakdown with Assad's vacation. Mine was last episode. Hopefully, you guys all watch it. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. If you did, I know uh, we've been gone, and uh, I know it's also been a little bit of time since the last episode. Things have been crazy. We've uh, you know had a lot of college stuff and summer and, and going actually why don't we touch on that yeah. real quick before we summer do. summer ends yeah we came back from vacation summer's ending and then school starting but we also are transferring to a new university mm-hmm. and so it's like you know that weird little phase of your life as college students when you're like who knows what's going on i just want to get my degree and get out yeah, yeah that's you, where we when are when you right know now. you gotta like you know do stuff on the application site but you're like nah i can i can wait till the, it's, till the all, due it's fine and uh, i'll pay for parking later oh i still have not yeah. Actually, I still have not. Uh, and there's a lot of other stuff with uni. It's like, I don't know. Especially, I had some crazy stuff happen. I guess we're gonna we wanted to do a, a, a new college episode later, so we can go into more detail. But you know, I got caught up in a lot of uh, trying to get contact with advisor and holds on my account. So yeah. I got registered a week late, so I missed a week. So I've been playing like hella catch up, doing all this stuff, homework like and, and life stuff like you know, home stuff. Now that I'm back from my trip, so things got very uh, uh busy there so we apologize for the for the lack of uploads but we're but back. it's okay we're here we're ready uh we have a surprise next episode hopefully maybe if we next. can uh uh you know time keep, it out right yeah time it out right plan it plan it accordingly but yeah uh, today's uh assad's vacation episode we're gonna yeah. go we're gonna go so last time it was domestic right i went to california <laughs> <laughs> this this time this time is uh international mr worldwide over here you know when you like watch like a adam Sandler movie or something and they go on a vacation and then when they get out of the airport like the like the whatever you know tropical music kicks in you're like oh i'm not in america anymore that's kind of what i feel we gotta start playing like some sort of like music right now bro you know what would be awesome if in the future for the podcast we can get the sound board yeah so probably. that when we record we hit, hit sound effects we're like yeah we can do that we can do that uh yeah First we gotta get new mics oh yeah well we'll talk about that one later uh <laughs> i went dot, dot, dot. on a uh a a trip that has uh we we talked about it in the ramadan episodes if you guys remember those uh where you know every muslim is supposed to go to hajj which is like a religious pilgrimage and for uh, the type of uh, Muslim that I am, Shias, we have a separate type of religious pilgrimage. Uh, it's called ziyarat, but it means the same thing. So, we... Fun fact, in Arabic, ziyarat means a visit. Right. Which is exactly what he's doing. Which I didn't know until Ibrahim told me. <laughs> yeah. Which was like when I was leaving, yeah. he was like, yeah, by the way, this and I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm not Shia, but like, I, I didn't even know he had, he had this thing. And he comes up to me, he's explaining it to me, and he tells me its name. I'm like, oh, that means uh, vi- the visiting or whatever. He goes, really? Yeah. <laughs> and this was literally after an episode. I remember no, we were no sitting right no here. Shot, no? You're like, wait, really? Because uh-huh. that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, the whole trip boils down to us visiting various significant religious sites um, in Iraq, Iran, and uh, areas adjacent to lots of the main cities. Um because there are a lot of like important religious figures that were in the, that part of the world that died there. And when they died, they made monuments to them, mosques and buildings and um, uh, places to memorialize and, and uh, not worship because, you know, monotheist, but to like right. remember. And then also these centers work as like pillars of the community. So like they'll help orphans or help feed the homeless or, you know, host big namazes and community things. Uh, or uh, salats and community things 
So prayers. Yeah. So <laughs> you basically, said, you said the two non-English versions. <laughs> prayers. You said namaz and, and salah, but you didn't say prayer. <laughs> I, I I'm so used to saying namaz because that's what they see people say, but then I forget that Arab people say salah, and then I say salah. I, I know both. You know both. I know both, but I'm just trying to like get them okay, if good. they don't know it. Yeah. Okay. Well, now all of y'all know three. So there you go. You you're, got you're prayer extra for English. You got salah for Arabic, and then you got namaz for any other yeah. non-Arabic. Urdu-ish. Like, yeah. I don't know what. So. Uh, first on the trip was Iraq, and um, no, 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 back up, back up, bro, back up. Bro. Sure, 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 sure. What's what's the airports? Oh, dude, dude, we gotta start. Dude, I, I told you from 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 DFW airport. If bro. I told you the whole story from the airport, Ibrahim, this podcast would be like three episodes long. All the right, airports. See you for another three episodes. It was crazy because like I didn't. Okay, I honestly had no expectation. The only other time that I'd gone like fully out of the developed world, I guess that's a good way of saying it, right. was when I went to Pakistan. Uh, but Iraq had a very similar airport to Pakistan for uh, American arrivals, right? Non, non-citizen non arrivals and uh, people specifically from America with U.S. visas. Um, it was as if you got like a mall in the 90s and then took all of the color out. Nice. That's what the airport looked like. And that. it was like all of the guards are very scary looking. Yeah, yeah, they don't really care about like your bag and stuff like they do here. They just care about you. So if you look weird, like one of them was looking at my passport while I, they were in the booth, and they just kept flipping past my that uh, the first page with my picture and the name on it, and then all my other tags. And then they kept looking at me and they kept saying my last name in various different ways because Darwala is not a Iraqi name; mm-hmm. it's a it's a very desi name. Right. So he was like Darwala, Darwala, and I was like. Dog, am I in trouble or something? <laughs> I was just sitting there. And um, weirdly, in Iraq and Iran, they speak French a little bit. Why? I, I don't know, actually. I feel like so, that's so weird. I mumbled something in French because I was like, maybe he'll understand something. And then he looked at me and he just closed my passport, stamped it, and then handed it over. And I was like, what? I just said like... like little do you know you're on a list. What's going on? Maybe. May, I know, you know, technically, I would be on a list coming back to America. That was one of the things that uh, our uh, tour group, they were like, yeah, don't be talking about... Mm-hmm. The place you went to, like when they when we came back from America, they were like, "Don't tell the customs folks you came from Iraq. Tell them you came from Turkey." Yeah, because if you do, then they'll actually put you on a list. And I was like, "Oh, ooh, yeah, yeah. wow, love when that." I, when I went to like Egypt a couple years ago, or like somewhere, I also <clears> was uh, <throat> to the Middle East somewhere. Mm-hmm. That my parents were telling me like, "You didn't come from America. You came from like I don't know Syria my or something." Like choose a different country thing. that's like Middle Eastern. Yeah. Like, oh wow, that's okay. Yeah, or uh, else so, like they'll stop you, or like they'll they'll do something with like just say you're from another Middle Eastern country. <sighs> Yeah, that's, that's scary. And, and by the way, y'all, the flight <clears throat> that I took was from Turkish Airlines, which we talked about in that airplane episode a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. God, I didn't remember. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks so much. Like, their movie thing, amazing. Always 480p, but amazing. I loved all the movies, and the headphones were booty, but, you know, it's part of the experience. My biggest gripe with the airport is the chairs. Their seats are awful i felt like cricks in my back and like dead zones in my neck and stuff and it was like awful and you had to do that for 14 hours mine was a straight flight there wasn't um oh actually no there was one layover in somewhere i'm forgetting uh but europe yeah i think it was turkey yeah 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 we laid over in turkey we laid over in turkey for four hours and we got back out but it was still like a pretty long flight like six hours this way and then like 10 hours that way or eight hours or something so it was a lot of time and those chairs never got comfortable. Never. Not no plane and on the way back it was also Turkish Airlines. No plane, no seat was ever comfy. I didn't have that much I when I went to Turkey for Amra, I didn't have uh, no, sorry. 
what I took Turkish Airlines for Amro, uh, I didn't have that much, like, didn't have a bad experience with it. Really? Yeah. I, I was did. like, I was like sick, which made me feel funny. But besides that, like, seating wise and whatever, it was not bad. That's interesting. The one interesting thing, though, that was like apparent when I got to the airport, uh, because I got there at like dead of night at like 2 a.m. in Iraq, uh, people weren't like sleeping. Nah, bro. Like, no one is asleep. And this was even more apparent when we went to the religious sites because um, Fajr, right? Morning prayer is at like five-ish. Uh, people don't actually like sleep full nights. They sleep in between or they half sleep before and after. So there was not a single moment the city was ever still. Every day, always at all hours of the day, some people were roaming somewhere. The city never sleeps. The city never slept. Seriously, this is actually one of those literal, literal ways that's taken. Like in, like in the DFW, right? If I go on the highway at like three a.m., I'll probably not see anybody, right? But three p.m., dude, that's that's rush hour <laughs> over here. Always packed. Yeah, always packed. Um, we went to the first hotel. Oh, by the way, okay, no, no, let me backtrack. Airport. Uh, the guys who drove us to the hotel were like three lovely dudes. One was Bangladeshi, one was Iraqi, I think, and then one was um, Pakistani, I think, because they all spoke Urdu because they were talking to us. Right. But they were all speaking Arabic as well. Yeah. And 100%. then when and they were all smoking and they were all smoking the longest cigarettes. You know those like skinny ones. They yeah. were smoking the skinny Ooh. ones. And me and all the other kids, we were just like, okay, let's just trying to wait. They made the women go in one car and the men go in another car. And my mom was like really mad about that for some reason because she wanted to stay with us, I guess. And they were like, they were like, they literally were like interrupting the drive in the middle because the driver would be like, hey, that's haram, man. You can't be asking for that. Like, you know, it's, it's not right. Um, so then when we got to the airport or from the airport to the hotel, we got to the wrong hotel. So we had to drive to another hotel, got to that hotel. And the guy had closed it for the night so we had to call a guy that we knew who knew a guy to ask them to open the doors for us because we were that late to the hotel it was that late at night we went inside put our bags down it was a nice lovely hotel i guess this is one thing in america we don't really understand like the idea of this but the hotel back there if you were to imagine right imagine like a small street in new york right with like buildings and shops inside of it right mm -hmm. this the thinness of this hotel compared to all the buildings around it it was a sliver it was tiny yeah overseas they have those really small like hotels that you're like this is this is a hotel yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> they're embedded in the architecture instead of being like a building on the side yeah, yeah. or something so it's literally like imagine a convenience store and then the top of it is a hotel that's what it was mm -hmm. so uh everything was vertical and all the rooms were very small i don't have a problem i don't care but the funniest part was my my toilet right had a problem where the water was always leaking and draining so you couldn't flush it and it wouldn't like the the water wouldn't fill in it to flush it was leaking and draining at the same time and because uh -huh. it was leaking it was always loud so as you were sleeping you would just hear and in my brother's Wonderful. room, right next to, I slept with my mom, and then my brothers were sleeping in a separate room. And in their room, the bathroom was like emitting sewage all the time. So their whole room smelled like poop. Yeah, I had that before. The entire time. It was very funny because I didn't know what they were going through, and they got no normalized to the smell. And then I walked into their hotel room in the morning for breakfast, and they were like, hey, and I was like, oh, oh, what is this? Did you guys miss the bowl? And they were like, no, dude, that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it is. 
Um, so this place that we went to first was Qazmin in uh, Iraq. It's in uh, outer Iraq where a lot of uh, conflict happened. A lot, basically, the entire story I'm going to tell you is painted with the Iraq and Iran conflict and like love that places that places got bombed and and stuff. So it was crazy. Like I actually saw like buildings like it's the true tea, you know? Yeah, the real tea. So this place in particular, this mosque was bombed. So of all the mosques that I'll talk about today, this was the only mosque that you couldn't take your phone inside because they did not allow anybody to have any sort of electronics in it. Saddam really went hard on this mosque. Yeah. yeah. So we went to this mosque. Oh, okay. So basically, imagine you go out of your hotel and then out of your hotel, you look down this very long street and this whole street has vendors and shops and people selling their knickknacks and like, you know, their food and their snacks to all of the people because like they're tourists, but they're also people who live there because they're like religious people. So it's they're like half, half. And all the way at the end, there's this giant golden domed mosque. And that was the mosque that we went to. That's lit, honestly. Men went through the men's security. Women went through the women's security. The women's security is like notoriously rough here, especially because the the lady who did it had the bomb under her stuff. So they go really hard on the ladies. You have to check in your phones before you go inside. And then the moment I went inside, I was just immediately like at peace. It was really nice mm-hmm. because I'd never been in a mosque like that. Right. My mosques have always been um like strip mall mosques. Like they're just mm-hmm. like in the side of a building and then later in my life we had like a nice big mosque but it was basically just an office building this was like an actual proper mosque with like islamic art places and like nice areas to do everything like there's a wuzu station everywhere to clean yourself is it one of those like um not like a sink but you know like a spout in the wall and just yeah 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 yeah, yeah, there were many different types that's when you know you're in like the right oh yeah. yeah Oh, yeah. And all the other mosques that I went to had varying degrees of this quality because sometimes it was, like, in the desert. So, literally, like, they didn't have, like, cool stuff. And this one had, like, a nice, like, ornate fountain with, like, things. And there was, like, a separate part where people would just get water. And I remember there were security guards there because people kept trying to make the – their what's the English word for wuzu? Uh, Uh, Something tation, some – they were, they were trying to spiritually clean themselves. But that was drinking water. So, the the guards kept smacking them with these feather – uh pokers like the, mm-hmm. it's basically just a stick with a feather on the, on the on the top because um i'll explain that in a second and they would just smack them with it like hey hey, hey stop that's, that's drinking water and we went inside and there were so many people but this definition of so many people will change throughout the trip we went inside we we maneuver our way through to find like the the place where like the memorial is where the grave is and then where to learn a little bit more we were we were standing with a um uh molana which is like a, a imam or a priest so we were standing with them. They were giving us information about the history of this mosque and what happened there. And the person is behind. And then we were getting hit with these leaf things. So basically, in all of these places, because um, I think maybe because of COVID, but also just like culturally it developed, the way that the like security of the area get people to move is they have this nice long black pole with a feather on the front. They smack you with the feather side. And they also use it like traffic control people at the airport to tell people to like go this <laughs> way or go that way. So they... It's like, like those little like cat. Uh, yes, it's like a cat, cat toy. Things. Yeah, that's cat very. Toys. That's a very good. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought when yeah. you said to stick with a feather on it. Yeah. So like like if you're trying to take a picture because again you couldn't sneak your phone, they would smack the hell out of your phone. And then in is other, it like a singular feather or is it's it? It's like, like one nine? of those peacocky feathers, which is big. It's not oh. like you know one of those tiny bird ones. It's a big, big green feather. Sometimes they were artificial. Sometimes they were real birds and didn't you know changed. Yeah. And yeah, they would they would block your camera. 
you know, if you were trying to take a photo and That's stuff. That's interesting, though, because, like, a feather? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's very Middle Eastern, though, right? It's very, like, yeah, we're not going to hit you with anything, like, crazy. We're just going to put, like, a no, no. really cool feather Overseas, on when I went to Amra, and, like, there was, like, the security and everything. First of all, they're all military. Oh. And, or they look like, like, they could be probably military. Especially, like, the, the religious, like, areas, the mosques and all that stuff. And second of all, they're, like, if you're being an idiot... In this place of worship, we'll drag you out by your head. Like we don't care. <laughs> Dang. Like that's how it is. I don't know. Uh, ain't no feathers over there. Like, well, yeah, we got like like I guess another way to think about it is like you know when you saw like kings on thrones and stuff, and then people would like fan them with feathers. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of thing. You know, uh, quick little tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the guy, but like the actual like the 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 the, the cube, the big boy, the uh, and Mecca. When one of the kings wanted to go and do like Hajj over there, they had like a line of. Um, military police in front of him and behind him and they would all like lock arms and they would start like pushing people out of the way and he's standing between both arm and both uh lines Dude. like they don't get they're like bro move like he's like moses but instead yeah of the and so he's like king and a bunch of like uh protection that's and bodyguards crazy. and they're just kind of pushing everyone out of the way that's crazy like they don't care bro ain't no feathers around there <laughs> yeah no feathers bro no yeah, anyway. no, no softness anyway, um so yeah then we went we made we found the grave of the person who was there and then a bunch of other scholars and friends of him and other stuff it was a massive courtyard huge side for the women huge side for the men um and then there was like the area after the security before you go inside where men and women would walk around together and it was so beautiful i i wish like i can only describe it by showing pictures and getting all nerdy about it but it was like i was telling my brother when we did salah there because um it was the first time we had in the trip i was like this feels like the first place that i'm doing salah and it's not weird mm-hmm. like everywhere i go salah feels weird even at the mosque sometimes it feels weird but this place is just everybody is there for one reason and they're all doing the like different stuff so like but it's all for the same thing so there's no like weirdness about it like like when i'm in america i'm thinking about you know my identity who i'm from like this it, it, do i like this am i doing it? when i was there i was just like there's nothing there's no reason to like think about it's a anything. different mindset it's a different mindset um and that really did carry throughout the almas so i'm d- describing this in detail because it will be the exact same process for every single mosque and i don't want to go over that again cut and paste cut and paste so this mosque cosmine absolutely beautiful got some apricots from the thing on the way back met with my mom lost my phone got my phone back uh, i got this really nice juice there was like other folks in our group right the juice is the most important thing oh, when you go overseas oh dude their if you fruits, don't get juice their or fruits, fruits don't while you're have overseas, any gmos they're like amazing dude if, oh, if you don't get fruits God. and juice while you're overseas in some Middle Eastern Wasted brown time. country, go home. Wasted time. Just go back to America. So we got this uh, pomegranate juice, I think. And it was really sweet because we went with a group, a travel group, right? Of yeah. uh, like uh, mostly Pakistani and Indian Shia Muslims. Uh, and they didn't know us. We didn't know them. They're from Houston and we're from da- Dallas. So we didn't really talk initially. I met some of the kids and we... I kind of talked, but this was the first time that like someone like actually like said hi and they, they bought me something. It was one of the uncles from the group. He was like, Hey, where's your mom? And I was like, I don't know. She probably went with the ladies back to the hotel. And I was like, uh, I got to go back down this long street. And she was like, yeah, just come with us. He walked with us. He and his uh, wife and his brother, they um, got some juice. We got some juice. We had some falafel. <laughs> oh my God. It was like not oily at all, but it was crispy as hell. Cause he fried it in front of me. It was amazing. Best falafel. I've- Ever it's only had. good if you have it like right there. It's the best I've ever had. Right, right before it gets cold, oh, but yeah. as soon as it gets out. Nice when it's crispy. I like when it's crispy. Yeah. And then we walked back to the hotel and started day two. Day two. That uh, was on day one? Yeah. 
That was basically, well, I would travel was kind of, so it's like two days and a half, but yeah, basically. Okay, sure. Then I'm not going to go day, day by day. I'm just going to tell you the significance of day two. We went to another mosque, but the funny thing about it was that we had to change hotels because everybody had some problem with those rooms in the hotel. So oh, then yeah. everybody was like, effort, we got to change hotels. And we went to another place uh, on the side, literally like around the corner of our hotel, over the one that's closer to the street, closer to the uh, mosque. And that hotel was much nicer. Still yeah. weird, much nicer. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, um, I guess this is important for folks who who have, are not like you know have anybody back home. Uh, back home, there's two different types of toilets. There's the toilet that you have a seat that you can sit, and then there's a toilet that you squat over. It's a hole in the floor. Sometimes it's a hole in the floor. I saw some new technology where it's like a it looks like a toilet seat, like with pads that but you're just you know sitting on yeah. the floor. And, um, so there were both and every single one of them, all the adults were praying that it, it, they say Eastern and Western, that there was a Western toilet because they really needed it. And there wasn't a shower until I got to one specific hotel where there's a little bit more like development in Iraq. And then after that, it wasn't there. And then it was back in Iran when they have a little bit more stuff. All the shower was, was like a sprinkler yeah, or what's that called? A garden hose, like a garden hose that was hooked onto the side of the toilet but not connected to toilet water. It was connected to tap. And that's what you had to do on the floor. So the, the sink, the toilet, the eastern toilet, the shower, and where the towels were, and everything was all in one small, like, two-by-two two bathroom. Dude, at least you didn't have to do it with a bucket. I almost had to do it with a bucket. It, taking a shower overseas with a bucket is, like, a headache. That's a, that's a sobering experience, that's a If you have to go through experience. that, you turn, on, you turn on a different person at the end. And you're like, you miss a spot because you poured incorrectly, yeah, like, oh and you're like, dang God. it, I gotta go back outside and get more water. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, the uh, new hotel was much, much nicer. We really liked it. The food was also uh, a lot better. We knew the cook who was a Pakistani, and he was cooking us food, so it was like at-home food. The really nice thing about Iraq, by the way, is that they have free, like, water everywhere, because it's super dry, deserty everywhere, so they give water to everybody. And the funny thing is they have like water bottles, but it's not like a bottle. They have like a plastic cup that's like wiggly plastic. Like it's the most flimsy plastic. And then a thin aluminum thing, kind of like Gogurt. Um, that's very like okay. one of those, th- one of those things like, um, like if a, like a pudding cup, oh, it's yeah. basically like a pudding cup, except they have water in it and it's a thinner plastic. So it's even more flimsy and the, the, the wrapper on the top is even thinner. Yeah, and that's how they mass distribute water. So those were outside every hotel room, down every street. Anybody could get them. They gave them out for free in the street. And on top of that, there was soda and other stuff. So we could, that's we were eating good. And this does change because in Iran they don't do this. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. So we ate a lot of good food. We went to another mosque. Should you be talking about this? The differences in different countries. Eventually, if there's a war. It's fine. I'm from neither of them, so it's okay. I mean... <laughs> uh, we went to another mosque, and then we went to another... So on the way to that mosque, we got into a bus, and this bus literally took us to the desert. And in the desert, there were like a couple mosques here and there. I actually remember writing in my notebook. I was like... You took a notebook? Uh, my uh, my phone has a note app. like the, the one that we used to... The one that you used when we were starting the podcast. Uh, oh, just like the normal notes the day app. day one or something? The blue one? Oh, day one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was writing my day ones for every day. I did not keep up with that. I, yeah, I just so put the title in and I leave. So I was writing because when we were in these buses, it was like driving through a place that people were and now will never be. Because there were just parts okay, of buildings. Okay, that's deep, bro. Relax. There were like parts of buildings that were broken like Legos, but everything is stagnant in the middle of nowhere, like like desert, like nothing yeah. is there. And it made me sad, but it was also very confusing. Like, what? why was this here in the first place? Because this is so far away from civilization. Like, 
why would anybody need to live here or have a building here? Uh, we went to this mosque. By the way, Iraq is average 120 degrees back then. Yes, sir. So, Fahrenheit. So, when we got out of the airport, which was dead at night, we hit. We got hit with a warm breeze of air. <laughs> Not even warm, hot. Like, your lungs were hot from breathing the air. The day, worse. Oh, the so day is a lot worse. We went... And this, mo- like, you could not wear, you could not wear socks on the marble floor because it was that hot; it would burn your feet through your socks. Did you ever pray on the marble floors yes. outside? Yes, it Dude, was painful. When I went to Egypt a couple years ago, I had, we were for for Friday Salah, and I had to pray outside on the marble, and like fright and heat. Oh yeah, of Egypt, sleep like praying on marble. I was like. Let me just go get some sand, put it on the marble. Maybe then it'll cool down. Nah, job, bro. It's just, you're going to cook yourself one way or another. Especially in Iran, when there was, like, little cover anywhere. Yeah. Oh, it was, like, it was hard. One of my friends, uh, who's a little bit more p- particular about his stuff, right? He was saying, like, I think I broke my salah. Because he lifted his hands in the middle of his sajda when he was on the ground, right? And that's, like, stopping your sajda. Guess, so he yeah. was like, I think I broke my, I don't know. I, I don't I know. know. But he said that. And he was, like, freaking out. And I was like, dude. That it was that hot. It was that hot that your hands you couldn't even like put them for ten seconds yeah, on the I've floor. I've had that before. It's it's bad. It's yeah. nuts. So so hot floor. We get into the mosque, and then we find out that this like mini mosque is like actually just like the gate to get to the other mosque that is the mosque we were there for, <laughs> which is like a five half a mile walk down a bunch of uncovered like street. It was all buried in this apartment complex. Uh, I guess that's the best way to describe it. That was bombed. I think. So it was broken, everything. Everywhere was broken. So there weren't people that lived there. I think only soldiers lived there that were like, you know, part of the military guarding this mosque. Interesting. And all the way at the down, down the street was the mosque. Went to that mosque. Absolutely beautiful. Came back, sweat the most I ever have in my life. I kind of like had a panic attack because I was like, I, I, everywhere I touch, I'm wet. Like my pants are damp because of just me leaving my hand on my thigh in the bus. I was sweating. Yeah. It was crazy. Got back, ate, end of that day. We kept going to different mosques. We kept going to different places. And Iraq was honestly like so, so beautiful. Kazmaine and this area of Iraq, super, super pretty. It was the like intro, I guess. And then I'm second, waiting for the downfall. Oh, there's no downfall. Alhamdulillah, there's no downfall. It's only up. And then a little bit of down, but then up again. So after Kazmaine, which is like the outer city of, of uh, Iraq, we go into iraq okay but i guess a good way to describe it is baghdad which is the capital of iraq has like an outskirt baghdad and then in that outskirt there's like a small territory called kazmin that's where we were so we drove past baghdad and then we went into a city called karbala so karbala is where a lot of significant like important stuff happened so there was a lot of stuff to do so every day was like walking here walking there walking here walking there but it was interesting because kazmin was like a suburb, I guess that's a way you could describe it. Buildings weren't tall. They were just apartment complexes and like small, simple stuff. Yeah. Karbala was like New York, except everything was brown and there was sand. <laughs> that's how it was. Like It was like buildings and buildings and buildings and buildings. Brown New York. And small streets and everything. It was crazy. Like all of the buildings were brick though and all of them were brown. I don't know why they just didn't choose any other color besides brown, but they were all brown. And in, in Karbala, when we got there, the most awesome hotel of the entire trip was there because we went to a hotel that was hosted by some desis, right? There's a specific part of India where there's um, a Muslim called Khojas. And this hotel was was run by Khojas. 
um, for to help other people who are going on this pilgrimage, right? But because it's run by Khojas, it's not run by Iraqis, the food is all like, it's not desi, but it's like everything. They do everything. So there was like fries, but then there was also like chicken tikka, but then there was also like donuts and stuff. So there was like everything. And there was tea everywhere, food everywhere, oh, yeah. unlimited. It was I'm amazing. Hungry, it was amazing. And the, the shower was like a beautiful, normal shower. Like it, it was like going to a Marriott, like a no- awesome beds, awesome shower, awesome view. Um, it was it was truly like the best hotel there. And I feel bad because the whole experience is supposed to be like you're supposed to humble yourself. Yeah. yeah. But then when we were there. Nice religious pilgrimage. Yeah. Think about God and everything. And then you're like, bro, and they got shy too. They're like, and yo, they have, the, they have the bidet on the side of the toilet. They Let's got, go. Overseas, when I went to Saudi, they had like a they had like a toilet. And then they had like another toilet that's not a toilet. They, I think like you're like, I don't know what you're supposed to do on it, but it's just not a What's toilet. It like on the floor? It looks exactly like a toilet. Whoa. I'll figure out what it's called while you give your story. Two but like, toilets. But like it's one toilet actually used like poop and a second one I don't know what it's supposed to be made for. I never once used it. Well, we had a similar thing where we had the toilet toilet and then we had the eastern toilet right next to it. So you could do either. And there was a sink in the in the area where the toilet was. Then there was a normal bathroom sink and there was a standing shower. And I tried to make the standing shower into a hot sauna one day because I was like, dude, I just need to like get all this gunk out of my pores because, man, I was walking so much. Yeah. So first day of Karbala, after we settled in and everything, we immediately went to the mosque. These are some of the most massive, what the, oh, it's like the sink toilet. I think that's like a foot wash kind of thing. I don't know what that is. That's so weird looking. But they have it everywhere. What did you Google? Saudi Arabian toilets. Okay. If you look up Saudi bathroom, you'll see the kind of toilet we're talking about. It's like a little toilet on the side of the normal toilet that doesn't have the the seat. It's just the bowl. I, I, I don't know what that is. I'm really curious. Very strange. Oh, it's a bidet. Wait, so you're telling me you poop and then you get up and you get on that one to then wash your Look, bum? Why are there two t- uh, pot, uh, two pots in the bathroom in Dubai? The bidet is a d- designed to promote personal hygiene. Is using it. It cannot be... Uh, yeah. Weird. And every bathroom contains... Yeah, so a, a, uh, a bidet is now required by law to, uh, to be by present law? in every bathroom containing a toilet bowl. Oh, that's crazy. I wish we had that law. Bro, you know what the next uh, question is? Can you flush toilet paper and... Galapagos. Anyway. Oh, it's be- don't, isn't that because they, they say the water spins the other direction in Galapagos? So I've heard some weird thing about that. I don't know if it's in Australia. I don't know if it's in Galapagos. The Southern Hemisphere. Anyway, I don't know. Um, so when when uh, first day in Karbala, we went to this... I guess I'm trying to keep things unreligious just to make them like you know normal. Uh, so we went to this really big mosque of this guy whose best friend was down the street. And the tr- tradition is you go to the best friends to ask permission to go to this big guy's mosque. So we went there. We got permission. We did a uh, prayer there, and it was awesome. And then we went down the street and went here. We also visited the memorial there, and then we visited this memorial, and it was, like, amazing. We went to both of these mosques, like, four or five times over the course of being in Karbala. Then from there, we went and basically did, like, a walk around the entire city. Because it's not a massive city, like, size-wise. It's just dense. So we went to, like, alleys where... Oh, by the way, the whole story is that before the city was there, people lived in the smaller city that was there, and then nearby was a desert, which is where the big city is now. And all of these things that we're, like, memorializing and celebrating happened in this desert. So there weren't buildings there before, and then now they just put so many buildings everywhere. So there was, like... 
you know, uh, a memorial here for something that happened in this back alley, in this back street. This is something that else happened, not over here around the corner, something else that happened over here. So it was very, um, how you say, it, it was like walking in a place that you hear fairy tales about, like stories. Again, like ruins and you're like in a but movie. But they were in ruins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, everything got moved around. So you're like hunting for this stuff. And it was... You're looking... You're like the new Indiana Jones. Except... Dude, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I, it felt like Indiana Jones. Because yeah, you're just you're running around now. trying to find like where all these things happened. Yeah. So I, there was like a lot of small things that happened. Um, and a lot... Like Karbala was like basically like walking around New York. And um, it was just as dense. So... Yeah, I'm trying to find a, I'm trying to find the best way to put this without getting like spiritual about it oh. it was really nice it's uh-huh. it's it's like okay okay this is a good way to put it this is also a very gen z way of putting it it's like if you went to avengers con or like anything mcu related because you hear stories of these people who do these cool things you watch the movies or you read the comic books but then when you step foot in a place where you virtually could have shaken their hand or something it feels like completely different it's like when you watch a disney movie and then you go to disneyland <laughs> Why didn't I just say that? Yes. Instead yes. of being nerdy and use. I mean, it's still Avengers, nerdy, but it's, but yeah. it's more applicable. Because, yeah, it's like when you go to Disneyland. So, except this was Disneyland, but like sober, like somber. Like, sober. really see. not happy. Like, it's I, religious and like more spiritual, and it's a, it's a vibe. Yeah, but like also, I mentioned earlier, I think that. It's the reason that the land is there, the people are dead and all that, because there was like a, there was a war, there was like a conflict of some kind. So everything there, you have to be like more humble about, including yeah. like nothing is really happy. In fact, every monument that we go to, even the oldest adults are crying. Uh, I didn't, which is a whole nother topic for another episode. But, uh, you know, they're mourning and they're crying and they're like kissing the walls and they're like, you know, making prayers and, and all that stuff. And yeah, so it's like it's like Disneyland except it's your grandparents' funeral. That's a good way of putting it. Uh is it? Okay, sure. Continue. So, um and that's the whole trip by the way. I I mean, I I don't mean to bum anybody out, but it was for like a very um somber and uh mourning related event within Islam and stuff like that that we talk about. So You're you're seeing like past religious what's the word? I'm going to say people for now because I don't know who else to say. Like, past religious people who are part of your religion and, like, their story and, like, all that. Yeah. So, it's it's not, like... It's vacation, but it's a spiritual... I was about to say sober. Somber <laughs> <laughs> vacation. No, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. And I think uh, another way is, like, you know, Jesus had a lot of cool stuff that he did. This will help everybody. Jesus did a lot of cool stuff, right? I think we all generally believe in Jesus, right? All the three. Mm-hmm. So... But imagine you were only in the place that he was crucified. So everything around that area is about the crucifixion. It's not about the miracles or anything else. It's just about the sad thing that happened. Um, so yeah, so uh, this city was really, really important. Amazing. The hotel was amazing. Doing uh, Salah, doing prayer at this hotel was so nice. They had like the coolest room for it. <laughs> Very well air conditioned, super nice carpet. Like I loved it. And we did, we celebrated Eid al-Adha there. Mm-hmm. And then we celebrated the Shia Eid that y'all don't have the special one. I forget yeah. what it's called again. Um, uh, and we were also there for the day of Arafah, which uh, for people who don't know, the day of Arafah is basically the first day that the prophet went to do Hajj. Or no, no, no. The day he came back. 
the day he came back from Hajj. And that day is like really important for uh, Muslims around the world. It's like an Eid, but it's not like a you know like it's firecrackers like a, a, in the streets. A holiday, holiday. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a. It's not like something you'd make a cake for, but it's like something you'd be like, like hey, that was today. Yeah, that's today. Yeah, yeah, job. yeah. So, so like we all here. And in Karbala, there were thousands of people in rooms. So we so uh, basically the main mosque of the area, right? It's the mosque of Imam Hussein. Just Google it if you want to learn more about it. And that mosque, we had like a special reservation in a room somewhere on the side, so that we were gonna do our namaz for Arafah and everything, and then Eid and like preparing everything for those three because they were back to back to back, right? And when we went inside, literally there are so many people on the street you can't see the floor. And we all, grown people, had to hold hands in order to get through the street without getting lost. And there was a dude with a flag who was, like, flat, like yeah. doing that to make sure we didn't get lost. Squeezing past people, which, you know, Arabs, I love you guys, but y'all use elbows. I don't know if, Ibrahim, you can relate to this. Elbows are a big, big thing, and they, they go hand with the elbows. And then the closer we got to the mosque, the closer I wasn't moving my feet, I was being pushed by people and just automatically moving. Then when we got into the main chamber of the mosque, kind of like the area where mass is done at church, we had to navigate through that middle area to get to a side room. And in there, I got like elbowed and I got kicked and I got pushed. And I was like, dang, bro, it's a holy day. Why are you guys beating people up in the crowd? Squeezed through all those folks, got upstairs, listened to a presentation, did prayer and and, uh, made duas and all that stuff. It was really great. And then we had to go through the same thing going back down, and it was hell. It was literally, mm-hmm. like, like especially because for them, they don't observe COVID that well. It was probably some of the most, like, anxious uh, uh, human... Um, like, I'm not claustrophobic, not really, but I get claustrophobic if I get, like, stuck in a, in a, in a, um, in a place that I know I can't move. Yeah, yeah. And that was that feeling the entire time. I was just, like, I literally, like, I can't move even if I wanted to. And yeah. there were, like, little kids with us, and I was, like, body blocking so that they didn't get, like, crushed. Because, like, those those guys did not care. I don't know about the ladies' side because we had to go through the men's, but, oh, my God, they did not care. Like, they were steamrolling people. I love, yeah, I love how, like, in religious places like that, for example, like, when I went to Amra and, like, went to the Mecca and everything, oh, bro, Mecca's you can't worse. you can't move without, like, you're getting shoved. You don't walk. You just, you're, you're getting pushed by everyone around you. Okay, now, here's an interesting thing, I guess, for other Muslims that'll help put it into perspective. Um, the difference between Hajj and Ziyarat. How many people went to Hajj? So, there are almost three times as many people that go to Ziyarat than Hajj. um, But it's also three times as small. So, imagine everybody who was, like, at the foot of the Kaaba, right? Mm -hmm. How, like, I've heard stories of trampling and, like, everything. Like, it's that aggressive, right? People are throwing their kids, right? Imagine that density, but, like, everywhere. Yeah. That's how nuts it was to put, like, give you guys a visual if you want to know, like, what, what, what it looked like. Um, I, 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 um, it's, it's, uh, escaping me right now. I'm forgetting the statistic, but like roughly a million people go every year on the specific day you're supposed to, to Mecca for Hajj. And this was like 2.5 million or something, something like inordinately larger. And that's why the city streets were like so packed, but because Iraq is so much more poor than, uh, uh, Saudi. Yeah, it was just awful. It was worse. It was just awful. But anyway, yes, I love that day. Even though I was wearing um, my kurta and everything, mm-hmm. which remember when we talked about this a couple podcast episodes about Arabs wear thobes and Desis wear kurtas. Yeah, I didn't realize that when I was there because they look very similar. Mm-hmm. They're like almost the same thing, but 
there are a few differences. And because it was a happy day, I was wearing like, you know, my party one, like something that looks a little nicer. Yeah. yeah. All the other Arabs. Okay, so this is the thing. The day is so good and happy, but because the land is so sad that even on that day, people still wear black. And uh, in the land, they will always wear black. So on this day, only a couple people were wearing nice thobes instead of their black ones. Mm -hmm. And those ones were so cool. They were like satin or something. Like they were like shiny. Yeah. I don't know what that material. I guess uh, silky. Silky. Yeah, silky kind of. And um, Polyester. and I was wearing a uh, cotton purple one. They because the color of those was very important over there. And they were like, "Oh my god, this guy's wearing." I heard them say, "Purple, purple." And I was like, "Yeah, it's purple." And then I learned what purple was in Arabic. I don't know. That was pretty cool. And then when we were going inside. Basically, any, like, niceness I'd had, I had, like, a, I had ring, I had an iron in and, like, made it fresh. I was smelled really good. I put um this oil-based cologne called Utter on my wrists and, like, around my neck. It was gone. Every little bit was gone. I was sweaty. I was gross. All my clothes were wrinkled. Everything. By the time I got into that mosque and out, it was like I did. It was like I never got ready for a special preparation. It was, you guys call it Utter? Um, yeah. Are we talking? Do you, are we talking about the same thing? The little thing you get from, like, overseas and it smells really strong and, like, the little... Yeah, it's like in a, it's the distribution thing. It's like a little bottle ball, with a ball, and then the ball yeah, rotates. Yeah. yeah, we call that utter. You know, it's funny. Utter is syrup. You usually use on foods. Really? Like the word, at least. Interesting. Uh, no, 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 that's really cool because it is syrup. It's an oil it's, in there. Yeah, it's like an oily thing. But so like, it's like, I can't remember what the what's that word? Dense? I can't remember what the what the word for in Arabic is for like the cologne thing. There is another one because you can put that oil in a. It's kind of like those like Disney like stereotypical like perfume things with the squishy thing. That you hold and you go. Pss, pss, pss. Yeah, yeah. So when you put it in that, that's a different name, which okay. might be what you're thinking about, because they don't call that out there anymore. They call it something else. But I just um, remember, like, uh, oh, remember when we were talking about getting kanafe and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, you put utter on kanafe. Oh, that's so weird. Which is like syrupy, like sweetness. It's just you get water and you put a bunch of sugar in a pot and you just wow. let it melt. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that that's amazing. That's Everywhere. why I was like, oh, hold on, what? Just choked on some vomit. Everywhere we went in um, Iran and Iraq, they had like these stalls, and in those stalls, they would sell rings and jewelry and all the stuff. But then the bougiest guys, you gotta get the ring with the fattest bro. bellies, had the like wall of like utter bottles and yeah. like those the squishy perfume bottles, and it was so cool. I wish I can't show you know podcast pictures, you know, inshallah someday when we have video, but I have them. It looked like Aladdin. With like all the different shapes of bottles and like it, they all look like genie bottles and everything. It was so cool. It was so awesome. And yeah, we did get rings. I'll show you my. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they look like. Yeah, yeah. This but that's, is, those uh, are the bougier kind because they look like actual cologne bottles. This is called oud for some oud. of it. Uh, oud is just like a special. Um, oud has like two different things to it. Oud is either that little really small Arabic guitar, or not guitar. Yeah, it's like kind of like a. Small oh no, 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 I know thing. what you call it because people called it the oud. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I just like. I didn't register it until you said guitar, and then I was like, wait a second. I've heard that before. But this one, I'm trying to figure out. What the... Yeah, I guess. Um, but it has like a very like specific smell. And like as soon as you smell it, you're like, oh, yeah. So it's just in every single one of those bottles. It just all smells the same. I think it starts with an M, what I'm mm. thinking of. If you if you guys ever get the chance to go to an ice cream place owned by anybody, Arab, or I mean even Daisy, um, they'll have a flavor called Arabi. And if you get that ice cream flavor, it smells kind of like the default version of this other thing that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, see, it even says this is a woody aroma that can find all over Arab world from Turkish. I never could Muslim describe it. It yeah. just smells like it's just it's a like tree. a like a tree wooden, thing. but like a, a tree with the with the sap sweet. out of it, yeah, like the yeah. sappy smell mixed with the bark and everything. 
I guess, yeah, I've never been able to put in the words. I don't remember what the name is, now it's annoying me. Here, keep thinking on that. So then after that big day, after all that stuff, ran around the city, Indiana Jonesing. It was really awesome, honestly. Like, again, kind of like Abraham said, Disneyland. Like, going to somewhere you've only dreamed about for so long. Then after that, we went to another city in um, in Iraq. But in order to get there, we had to take a train. Or... Oh, I was going to ask you actually real quick. No, no, no. We took a flight. Yeah. While you're, while you're at this, did you go with like an agency or did you go like just uh, you and your family or whatever? Like It was not an agency, but it was a, little, a group. Like a group thing? Like, yeah. Because whenever people, I know at least, go to like a Hamad or a Hajj or whatever, they have to sign up with like, I'm going to say a company. I don't know if it's a whatever, but it's like a company that then takes them, gets their hotels in order and everything and like the transportation. I guess it was an agency then, except it was like very informal. It was folks that we knew from the Houston um, mosque who were from Ilm, if you remember yeah, originally. Yeah. So they moved to Houston, and then because they're like super, you know, brown and religious, they were like, "Yeah, let's start taking people." And so we knew them. Now, literally, when I went to Amra, uh, I had to fly to Houston and then fly out from there. Really? Yeah. yeah, because Houston, we can talk about this in another episode too. There's a lot of Arabs here, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of brown people and a lot of Arabs because they had a lot of first generation immigration in the past. So now they're on like fourth or fifth. Yeah. But we in in uh, in Dallas are like one or two something yeah. cool. we're, we're first generation right because your parents came from overseas and my parents also came from overseas but in houston they have people whose parents 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 came from overseas so they've been here for a long time and they have a lot more facility and like you know stuff for them yeah anyway continue so yeah we went from this city of karbala to a city in iraq called Khum. q-o-m i guess that's how you could spell it in english Khum. Khum. and that is the city where uh, the you know the difference between Shias and Sunni Imam yeah, Ali yeah. and the first caliph. This is where the third caliph for any of my Sunni friends, uh, he was buried. His name is Imam Ali, and he has a freaking huge mosque. It's so big. There's so every mosque that I went to just up the record for like how many people could push me in it. I had to do num- like a salah on the floor. And the floor is made of marble, so it's cold, which feels nice, but it's hard. So my ankles were, like, hurting like crazy. I- I've never been able to do namaz hardwood or hard floor. It's just always hard. Don't go to Mecca, then. Oh, it's all marble. Oh, I, I can imagine. Because in, in Khum, first we went to um, Imam Ali's mosque, which was amazing, right? Ali ibn Talib. And then from there, we went to his... That mosque was made for his burial, but he had a mosque called the... the um, uh, I'm such a bad Muslim for I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Um, it's always when you need to say it, you forget the name of it. Yeah. Sorry. The city is not called Khum. It's called Kufa. Khum is in Iran. My bad. Yeah. Kufa. So this mosque was called Masjid Kufa, which just means the mosque of Kufa. So we went to this mosque and it was only marble everywhere. If you guys want to imagine it, imagine a square, right? And then add like another square on the outside. So there's like an inner lining. The inner lining is where there's like an indoor something. There's a roof. There's pillars. In that middle square, it's just a giant clear foyer with only marble. And that's where people would pray, talk, eat, plan stuff, do governmental things, like all that. There's um actually there's a specific uh, door in um that mosque called Babel. Uh, I forget the Arabic word for it, but we kept uh, saying Babel snake because. Bible means door, so it's the door of the snake. Because there was a snake that came through that door and scared all the people who were in the middle area, um, and then the Bab is door, Bab al something. Yeah. So it's usually al word. But do you like know what snake thing. is in Arabic? Uh, it depends. There's like, Dimsah has one of I think might be some sort of like reptilian thing. I don't remember. Actually, I might the have snake. a picture of the door. I'll, I'll show you later. But um, yeah. So that was really cool. This whole mosque, apparent like the mo- the blessings that you get from praying in this mosque, everybody. 
Like, I don't really care. It's, I'm not about that, but like, you know, older people, that's what they care about. So all the older people in the group were like, yo, this is like 50 times the, the benefit. I'm chilling, bro. Like, this is going to set me up for life. Yeah, I'm going to do haram stuff after this. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to net even. I'm yeah, going to break even. I'm good, bro. I'm good. And we also did hella prayers. Like, it was crazy. It was, my knees were on fire when I got home. It was it was nuts. My calf muscles this entire trip, we like, were popping, man, because yeah. I was walking so much. Then from this mosque, we went to... Oh, I guess I should explain. This would have been a good explanation from the beginning. So, <laughs> basically, what ziyarat means when you go there is the first thing you do is you go to the mosque, right? And you have to make... Uh, you remember I was asking about it earlier? The word for when you spiritually purify yourself. Wudu? Well, we... Yeah, but... What's the word in English? Uh, Something... Tation. Sub... Ablu... Let me look at it. You lost me. Yeah, well, okay, so you have to spiritually purify yourself, so we do this thing called wuzu. It's pretty much like just a certain way of uh, cleaning yourself that's just, not a thing, it's not like, you know... Take Ablution. Sure, yeah, yeah. Ablution, it's I just hate like, that word. You have to do it before doing anything religious, like praying, reading yeah. Quran, stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff to it, we can definitely talk about it in another episode. So we, you have to ablute, you have to uh, clean yourself, and then you go in, and what happens is the first thing you do is you pray to ask permission to be in the mosque, right? Basically, like, um, humbling yourself in front of whoever you're going to see. And then you go into the main chamber where their resting place is. And then you, you know, the whole goal is you're supposed to try to touch the wall or whatever, like, thing is made there. And then you do, like, a mini prayer or... I never actually figured this part out because brown people don't like giving people directions. Um, But there would be people who would, like, hold the bars of these walls and, like, cry and sit there for, like, five minutes... I just walked up to it. I did a little prayer. I was like, hey, man, you're pretty cool. Um, I feel really bad because I don't know what to say to you. I said this every time. I was like, I don't know what to say. And I feel really dumb. No, honestly, same. Because when I went to Amra, like, Amra is a very, like, religious thing. You have to do sp- specific things when you go there, blah, blah, blah. Did you do the rock thing? No, that's Hajj. Um, might be. <laughs> might be. <laughs> but there's, like, a lot of things, like, you're supposed to do very religiously and, like, just really look deep down into your soul. And yeah. I just, I couldn't, I didn't have that. Like, I just couldn't yeah. think of that. I have that loss of connection or something. Like, I just, I would just be like, yeah, I'll make a couple of du'a, I'll pray, but I'm I'm lacking in this spiritualness. Yeah. It's, it's weird. That's a very good way to describe it because, like, I'm spiritual, but just barely. Like, yeah. I'm just spiritual enough to count as a Muslim, but, like, everything else in my life is super logic-based. So when it comes to doing something like, you know, holding your hands into the sky, like, feeling the presence of something that you may or may not know, like... It's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, our parents might be really good at, but it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't. It hasn't hit us or something. Yeah. But, but then, like, you look to your left, and there's like a nine-year-old man just bawling his eyes no, out. No, it's like that's really how it is. It like is, yeah, when yeah. we were there, there were people who walked with no legs. They would crawl yeah. from Iran to Iraq or backwards because they couldn't pay for any tr- transportation. But they were so like they wanted to go. That's their life mission. They yeah. would drag them, and I'm just sitting here with my air conditioning, and my AirPods, in, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, what's up?" Actually, I didn't listen to music anywhere, but there what? were there what? were kids who did. There were kids who did, which that was kind of weird. That that I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, I'm just gonna slap you, like you're yeah. sitting. Why? Are you yeah, doing and this? and when we were um going up to those bars and everything, I was just I, was, I I got better at it, I guess, over time because I was feeling it more as I was there initially. Yeah. I was just straight up like. Like, imagine, like, you touch the wall immediately, you're teleported into, like, this blank white room. That's how my mind felt. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then I leave. 
Um, so yeah, you go up to the bars, you pray, you you say hello. Basically, the whole thing is hello. Like ziyarat, right? Like Abraham saying means visiting, right? You're supposed to say hello. Um, and specifically, if you know the history of these places, you're supposed to, you know, if you if there's ever been anything you wanted to tell this person because you've learned so much about their life, you tell them then. So that's what I would say. I'd just be like, yeah, you were pretty cool, man. Like, you did some stuff I wish I had the courage to do. It's kind of like going to a, um, what's the word? A graveyard? So, yeah, you go into a graveyard a or someone in a cemetery and be yeah, like, yeah, just like talk and be like, hey, how are you doing? Blah, exactly. Blah, blah. No, that's exactly like that. what I thought that's, it was. Exactly. I just go up to the tombstone and be like, what's up? Yeah. Um, people do like that as well if it's like a religious. Oh, uh, I know people who leader. are reading the entire Surah Tobakara. Yeah, yeah. No, right there. Yeah, when I was, what's it called, at the Prophet's grave, there were like, there were people who would sit there and they would cry and they would read. Granted, like the soldiers would kick us out very quickly. They would be like, "You got like thirty seconds," um, yeah. but they would just be there. They're just like pouring their heart out. Yeah, I wish we had soldiers because some of those guys they would hog for Bro, so yeah, yeah. long. You are not allowed, and, and in front of Prophet Muhammad's like. Set up, uh, you out, bro. You you get moved. You like you walk in, salaikum. You you're getting pushed no, out. Already. No feather sticks. Yeah, no. You you're getting forcefully pushed out. Um. So that was it. Was so then after you say hello, you leave, and then you might do another prayer. In certain places, like this masjid, there were like nine or ten prayers that are two rakah or like two sets that you'd have to do. Most places, you just do one two rakah namaz, which is to say hello. Or there's another type of namaz, I'm forgetting the word in Arabic, but it's like basically like a gift. So you're basically just asking for like, hey, I came here, uh, uh, can I even get a fraction of a fraction of your blessings for a thing? Like if your mom is sick or something, there was like a specific mosque for this one um, um, girl who it's said that if you go there, anything, any, any um, uh, illness you have, she'll give you shifa or she'll give you the cur- the cure for it so well-being is technically the uh, direct translation really for, is that what uh, that means Shifa, yeah well so yeah she'd do that and then um i'm just here as backup no i, I like it I, no there was <laughs> i was t- i don't know if i mentioned this already there were points where i was like i need ibrahim like i <laughs> wish he was here so he could read this stuff to me because I, I just you. can't tap me i'm gonna read it like yeah. hey what's the word for it yeah i, I don't remember I either. international okay. but Cut if it. i had <laughs> bro, i would have called ibrahim dead at night and i'd be like yo man translate right now. yo real quick this this thing she said uh shifa what was it again there was also like i i tried to download the arabic dictionary and google translate but it wouldn't work so i couldn't like you know take pictures of things scanning and read them it was really annoying. Also, everything is calligraphic, calligraphic Arab, Arabic, so oh, I the camera you, will not bro. even be able to I'll read, read it. those owls and I tried, dude. I got good eyeballs. at it. I got really good at yeah, it. Yeah, I got you. But there were also, like, some tongue twisters, like, some crazy yeah, you, you, inverted upside down I'm Egyptian. Down I still don't know half the stuff. On the ceiling and every. Oh, that was nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no clue. So, yeah. So, the Dinmas de Kufa, really, really cool. Again, like Disneyland, like, you, you hear these stories when you're a kid, you know, like, fables and stuff, and then you see literally where someone was standing. Yeah. Or where someone was, who, or where someone died, and you can't help but feel like there's someone's hand on your shoulder, like, "Yo, I did that over there. I did that over there." Um, and there was uh, this guy who, so because a lot of tourists come, like you know, people doing the ziyarat, they know that. So they had this guy who spoke Arabic, Urdu, Farsi, English, and yeah, something, yeah. but he was a native Iraqi, and he would like just like a like a little like elementary school thing, like he'd be like, "Okay, repeat after me." Allahumma inni as'al and we, we'd keep following that and uh, he was very fast he was efficient he did not care if we couldn't pronounce some of these words he would just he would just go just repeat after me it's, it's the thought that counts come on yeah come on, and let's he, go, would, let's go. he would speak to us in Urdu which was very weird like he, he asked us like are we from Pakistan or whatever but then he'd look at our uh, our um, sheikh right next to us and then he'd start talking to him in Arabic and I was like okay dog alright yeah, trying to be exclusive cool, I, cool flex okay but like relax dog. yeah man chill um so that was really awesome. Then we 
went to uh give me one second actually i don't want to get this wrong again because you know i because then he'll go to hell i'm just kidding no, you know <laughs> there's a chance he'll get kicked See, I took pictures in such a way where it's basically like a chronicle of everything that happened. You don't have like location on for pictures? Exactly. But because I didn't have Wi-Fi in most places, it didn't geotag them directly. Uh, it would mind. only say like the city you were in because it knew from a Wi-Fi you were near that it was that city. Yeah. But it wouldn't like specifically give me a tag. Oh yeah, this is what I was wearing uh, on Arafa Day. Oh, you were wearing like purple purple. Oh, bro. You, I like, was, you look like Barney. <laughs> I was iced. And this is how many people were just in one of the rooms at the bottom. Yeah, nah, bro. Like I had to do namaz near some of these folks during uh, Jamaat and Jamaat. Yeah, and it was the scariest. I'll tell you this later. It's there's so many micro stories. I'll probably bring them up over like months and months and months. But oh, no, true. Like, I'm I just was, trying to give you the summation right there's now. There's so much that's gonna come up later. I think what we, we should do uh, for you two as well is I'm gonna stop at Iran and then I'll talk about Turkey and that that can be like the beginning of another episode or something because that will also take a little while and that'll be much easier to knock out. I went to Turkey. I got sick and then I left. <laughs> really? That was a two day trip during Ramadan. That was it. I got sick for one of the days. I'm an idiot, you know. I, I didn't wear jeans like I was supposed to, but now nah, we all do that, bro. Oopsie. We all do that. It was like sweat. it was like two degrees outside. I was wearing shorts. I got sick. Went back home. Drink tea um, or went home. I went to the hotel. It was nice. It was fun. It was a vibe. Kufa. Yeah, he lost his. Uh, he lost his memory. He lost Kufa. his pictures. Oh, here's what the the whole thing looked like. Like exactly what I was saying. Big square, small square, marble, everywhere. Oh, yeah, no, that's kind of how, like... Uh, that's what Majid al-Nabwi looks like as well. Yeah, there's a lot of... I have pictures of the, the Masjid I went to. Yeah, a lot of them look like it's just... Big foyer. Yeah, it's just square. a gap in the middle. Yeah. And you just pray in the middle uh, with no seal, no roof, no nothing. It's just mm-hmm. marble. I think that's why it's marble. It's just easier to clean. Okay, so, okay. So then after Kufa, we went to Najaf. Because that was like a side stop. So it went to Najaf, which is next to Kufa. And that's where Imam Ali's thing was. And then, because uh, it was all in the same area. All this stuff is like close-ish to, to one another. So then from Najaf, what we did was we took a plane to Tehran. So that that's where we went to Iran. Yeah. And uh, Iran was freaking amazing. Like the Iraqi airport is very simple, very basic, very third world, right? Like, you know, what anybody who has traveled overseas can expect. Iran's airport is like second second world i would i'd say like it's pretty really it's really nice like and the the thing that bothered me the most is there were prayer rooms in the in the mosque <laughs> so i legit like got off the plane and just immediately like decompressed and did some did some namaz to 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 calm down yeah. and the only thing was that every single bathroom they had in the stall was eastern and there was like piss everywhere <laughs> and like genuinely the floor was moist so we had to do wuzu on our shoes and we had to make sure like if you trip you're done. Like you, you need to clean something quick. Um, and that was like some of the grossest wuzu I'd ever had to do. It was nasty. So, did namaz there. Went to the airport. There was a barber shop in the in the um, airport as well. It was freaking crazy. It's like you're you're here. You might as well here just get a haircut. You know, mm-hmm. like get up and leave. And the crazy thing was in Iraq, there was no traffic signals because people oh. are just driving like crazy, right? And in Tehran, there were. And there were lanes. It was crazy. The driving felt like like downtown Dallas. Like it actually felt like home again. So it kind of mm-hmm. it was like a little bit of a familiar feeling. So in Tehran, we went around, did a lot of the local places that we could from that from our like mini mosque. One of the uh, another like you know important religious guy. One of his sisters. He has a mosque. She has a mosque down there, and it's specifically used to help like women in the community 
like uh, orphans and women with marital problems, women who just need a place to stay and a bunch of stuff. So it's a massive mosque. It's the third biggest mosque in the world, I think, or fourth biggest mosque in the world. And it was amazing. It was so pretty. And then from there, we went to a, a lot of small mosques in that area, visited a little couple couple small shrines, and then there was this one big one. Dang. Is that from when you went? Yeah. Oh, you remember to show me a picture of the Kaaba from when he went? It's nuts. It's like packed pack. And it's crazy because everywhere it looks the same. Bro, I'll show you a picture of the same, bro. Look at Hold how on. freaking... I took this picture and it's the oh, same thing. Oh, yeah, it looks it's the just, same. It looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, beat them. So, uh, we went to this mosque. Okay, I forget. Basically, I want I want to... Um, I think I already told you this, Ibrahim. But basically, in we Iran, Iran, they hate America. Yeah. Because of a lot of the governmental stuff that happened. America. So after prayer, there was like a solid like five minutes where after they did all their duas or whatever, and we were transitioning to the next thing, they just took a minute and they were like, yeah, curse America, curse Britain, curse Israel, curse the ignorant and the stupid. And uh, one more thing I'm forgetting. And I didn't pick on, up on that because I didn't speak the Arabic, right? All I heard was America and I heard Britain and I heard Israel. And I was like, okay, maybe they're talking about some news. Mm-hmm. And then my the tour guides come out and they're like, did you guys hear that? And mm-hmm. we were like, what, what, what happened? And they told us and we were like, because oh. the entire time we were in Iran, they were like, don't tell anybody you're American. They were like, tell them you're Pakistani. I mean, even in Iraq, but in Iraq, they're more chill. They said, tell them you're Pakistani, tell them you're Indian, tell them you're from Dubai. Just don't say you're American because they will upcharge you or they will just get mad at you or yeah. they won't talk to you at all. Even though some of them are nice. There's like a faction of Israeli or uh, Iranian people who like Americans. And then there's another faction that don't. So but there people was like, who like is a lot smaller than people who... I don't really know. I think it's just spread. Because like in my hotel, there was this guy who came up to me. And just like very clammy hand put his hand on my, uh, my shoulder. Again, I, I don't know this man. And he was just like, you are from America, yes? And I was like... No. Nope. Uh, no, I'm from Pakistan. He was like, right, right. Um, do you have iPhone? And they just ask me questions about Apple because they don't they don't have all the products there because uh, Iran has a, a lot of bans on stuff. Yeah. So they have to import a lot uh, from friendly nations and not from big nations. So they um they were like, yeah, how are iPhones? Like, what what are they like? And I you know, was telling them everything. I was like, yeah, it's not that crazy. Like, they don't Bro, really change anymore. My man was trying to like steal from you. <laughs> he was nice though. Does you have iPhone? Great. I will see you at, uh, in your bed tonight at one a.m. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I'm going to rob you while you sleep just because funny. you told me you're American and you have iPhone. Very nice. So yeah, we visited uh, those mosques in Mashhad. I mean, in uh, Najaf. I mean, uh oh, there's so many names for. Places. And now he's canceled. Yeah, there's so many names for... in uh, Khum. Sorry. Yes, Najaf was in Iraq. Khum is in Iran. Then from Khum, we took a train. And we took that train to Mashhad, which is like another one of those big significant places. And that train ride was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Because it was just me. And at this point, we'd made friends with all of the guys in the group and then some of the girls as well. So it was uh, just me. And uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. Because I'm I'm known at my mosque and also in general as like the guy who will talk to the girls. But all the other guys are just like brainwashing and never talking to the women. Yes, sir. So I, I, I went up to talk to them. They were like, oh my God, what are you doing? And I was like, they just probably are bored and I want to go like say hi. So anyway, mm, we went to... Is that how you picked up for you? <laughs> I, again, we talked about this. I wasn't even looking. You were That was a reverse situation. That was but, weird. Yeah, so when we were in Marshall, we were going on this train. We got everybody into a room and like we played games and we talked and, you know... Um, we played cards, which is a very big discussion with Spin Muslims. Spin the bottle. Uh, not that truth one. Truth or dare. And then we read, like, poetry and stuff. It sounds so cringe saying it in English, but, like, yeah. You read poetry? 
It sounds so cringe. Wait. It sounds so cringe. No, like what? Dua and Noha and stuff and oh, like Masiba okay. and um We read poetry together. Yeah, it just sounds so stupid. Thy who language. shall walk. Well, I was telling you this, Ibrahim, I was telling you this yesterday, how like there's stuff that you can say in uh, foreign languages that sounds mundane and really stupid, but yeah. because it's in a foreign language it just sounds so much cooler. Yeah, when you say you, you read poetry, yeah, that sounds sound cool. like weird. For but any then my... you say dua and stuff like that, I'm like, ah, oh, now yeah, I know what you're talking nah, about. Nah. So for any of my Urdu viewers, right, we were we were we were reading Noha and Masiba and Talak and um, Talak. No, 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 not Talak. Something else that ends with a Q. Talak is divorce. <laughs> yeah, I was about uh, to say you guys were reading about divorce. What? I forget. <laughs> Who got married? Forget the worst. Who got a divorce? Anyway, yeah, and then we were also reading um, Musiba because it was a sad day. But then Musiba when... is a problem. Yeah, yeah. Musiba means sad poetry also. Oh. So then we, but then one of the transitions in the day is on the train. Then there was a happy day. So then we were reading like. I'm not even going to try anymore. I've made so many mistakes. It's basically happy poetry. Like, very happy. Like, you know how on a boat, the sailors would do sea shanties? They sounded yeah. like they sounded like sea shanties, but in Arabic and in Urdu. It was really funny. Um, and we, like, were... We got, like, hot chocolate. Okay, okay. By the way, I thought this was going to be a train like Harry Potter. Right? Dun, like, dun, it was going to be cramped, dun, dun, but it was going to be, like, cool dun, because you could go dun, to the cars dun. and everything. It was even more cramped than I thought. And it was even less cool than I thought because it was still, like, you know, third worldy, second worldy. So... The train had like a tiny hallway on the outside, and that's how we communicated with each other. The rooms were like an arm's length width, so we had to like really squeeze in with one another. The only cool part was that there were like bunk beds on the top. So we jumped to the top of those bunk beds, and so we basically we, we filled an entire cart full of people. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because all the other adults, they were just like, you know, sleeping or whatever. But all the boys, we were just like jamming and like hanging out and like spending the night with each other so it was really fun it felt like the uh, closest thing you could get to a sleepover in your 20s in a train yeah in a train so it was it was really really fun it sounds lit and we didn't i didn't sleep at least it was like a 16 hour train ride and uh i didn't sleep at all until like two hours before we left i took a nap but even during that nap because the train kept like rattling and uh, sus sus timings i kept waking up intermittently Mm -hmm. so inevitably we just Stayed up during Are we dead yet? Is the demigorgon coming in yet? No, no, it was it was serious. Like, like we were actually okay. So, oh, by the way, one of the parts of the train because obviously everybody's a muzzy on the train. So the conductor would stop at certain places so that we could go out and do prayer, right? And I did prayer under the stars, mm. and that was like some of the most majestic like namaz I've ever had. Prayer under the stars and like middle of nowhere. Yeah, in the just... middle of nowhere where you can actually see the stars and you put your hands up and you can see the moon underneath your hands. And then it you're actually like, like, huh, maybe there is a God. Maybe God is <laughs> real. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, maybe God is real. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> yeah. See, here's a picture of us in the in the train car. I jumped out today. These are like the bunk beds on top. Wow. And then all of us in the room. Fobby Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brownies as hell as Danish and Hassan. And everybody Why is he throwing up butts? Uh, what's because, he doing on gang Because they were all joking about gang stuff. Your brother's like two years old. What you oh, doing? no, yeah. They, I, I can't stop them, man. I, mm-hmm. I wish I could. So then in Mashhad, we again, we saw this really big mosque. We saw a couple of other small grave sites. And then we went to this big mosque, which is, I think, the biggest mosque in the world. Let me Google that real quick. Uh-oh. I'm about to get canceled for information again. Biggest mosque in the world. Okay, they say it's Masjid al-Haram. Yeah. But I mean, none of the Shia mosques big. are on this list. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Who's their source? Yeah, see this is this is where it gets complicated. Um 
Uh, okay, it's a big mosque. We, okay, we'll, we'll move on. Well, yeah, let's just say it's a really big it's, mosque. It's a big mosque, but it's the mosque of uh, Imam Raza. So um, if you want to look it up, you can see, and it's really pretty. It has like eight courtyards. I definitely didn't see the whole thing, but on the inside there was like a museum. So we went in there. Well, and it's not it was even like, a mosque anymore. That's just a. That's it's just a whole a museum. tourist attraction. No, no, no. There's <laughs> yeah. like a hotel in there. There's like a homeless shelter in there. Uh, no an orphanage shot. in there. That's, that's that's considered a mosque. And a museum. Oh, I'll show you the mosque part. It was. Oh, by the way, this was the place where there were. N- I'd never been near that many human beings at once, and I'd also never felt like I was just gonna die on accident until I got here, because there were so many people. Like you know, when the ocean makes waves you can see like it rippled to other people mm-hmm. one person tripped and the entire congregation was tripping and i could see the ripple effect of everybody balancing each other and also pushing each other and i nearly i i like just barely touched the um we call it like makam or we call it the zari like the place where the thing the person's buried mm-hmm. some of my friends didn't get to touch it like some people just never got that close because they got kicked out or they got pushed or someone got knocked out like it was like nuts yeah yeah um, and my mom didn't even get to do it because the women's is apparently worse because there's so many people and uh, it's much harder to get to the thing because of all the cloth and stuff that's in the way. I suppose it's it's um, segregated because when you go to like Mecca, it's just everyone walking with each other, like the, both genders and everything. The way that they do it is they be, it's like imagine if you have a square, they put like a bar on the top and the bar on the bottom. So people, the men get the first half. Oh, and yeah, the women yeah. get the back half. Interesting. So they're next to each other, but there's a little divider. Actually, it's pretty big. It's like a whole wall sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So that they don't ever have to get into contact with people. And yeah, that's... No. Dude, the way they act at these places, I'm glad. Because, dude, some bad stuff would happen. Some yeah, no, bad stuff would happen if there was no divider. When I was in Mecca and you're trying to like touch the cabin and everything, you're trying to touch the... English big black cube thing. <laughs> the big black cube. <laughs> like, everyone's trying to like go touch it, especially like the, the black zone and everything. Bro, I'm telling you, women, old women, young women, uh, my age, teenagers, children, men, old men, everything's just like pushing. Oh, Bro, yeah. my sister got like rammed by like an old oh. lady. She was like, oh. and I'm holding on to her. My si- I don't know if you like you've seen my sister. She's shorter than me. So like we, what we did, like we like locked arms with everyone, make sure no one's getting yeah, pushed. Yeah, the lock arms. Bro, I was getting yeeded. I was putting my sister back. Oh, like, Bro, man. I'll pull you back. Bro, don't worry. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Hold on. It was like. It was bad. They don't care if you're a man, woman, a child. They don't even uh, care if you're a child, bro. Dog, a cat. There was this guy who put his son on his head to try and reach it, and this guy smacked his kid off of his shoulders. Yeah, like they'll they're not not like he like fucking like you know LeBron James jumped and like you know smacked (laughs) him, but like he he pushed his hand away in order to get his hand there. Yeah, no, for a place that's very religious, like either of our two places, it's crazy. I was asking, I asked the religious leader, I was like, how, why do these people act so barbarically in front of such a like holy site? And again, this is a very complicated discussion I can't have on the podcast yet. But, um, uh, so there was actually this kid who was next to me and he was like nine, I would wager something like nine kids over there because it's a, it's a very rough environment. They look a lot older than they actually are. So he looked like he was nine but he could have been like seven or six but he was about to get sandwiched like (laughs) literally i saw him almost die and i put myself in the way and i like 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 you remember that scene where hulk was holding all of avengers tower like so that everybody could get out yeah i was like holding everybody who also people on top of me and i was like i i i waited to touch the thing so that he could go in and touch it for a moment and then he immediately like slipped between my armpit and he ran and i was like you made it brother Get you out! Tell my family I love them. Yeah, and I and it got to that. The mosque is absolutely beautiful. I swear, if I could read and write Arabic, this whole trip would have been like ten times better. Yeah, because I would have actually understood like the signs and 
uh, been able to read everything on the art. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Like, my eyes will never see anything that beautiful again. Um, and then we went to that museum, and that museum was super cool because it wasn't a religious museum. It was a museum about Iran history. Oh, yeah. So they talked about, like, because yeah, algebra, all that other stuff invented by Muslims. So they were showing, like, the first telescopes they used to understand the universe and the first, like, little gadgets they used to make, like, protractor things to draw circles and to understand geometry. And then there was military stuff, like their swords and their saddles and horse things and all that stuff. And then there was in a gift shop, which obviously was very expensive. And a lot of people bought stuff. And me and my family just, we looked at it and we were like, nah, we're nah, good. Bro. Don't dollars for a pencil? Nah, I'm good. That same store, you can find the same stuff on the outside where there's a market in front of that place for way cheaper so we were like f it we're not gonna do that yeah. this is actually where my mom got those berries that i just gave you the other day uh-huh. that's from that's from that market in iran do you say that i don't know uh, you know what's funny my dad was arguing with me about the, how to say tut-tut. because he he said we call it shatut or something right yeah. remember i told you but in arabic it's altut it's just tut. there's no I. when we google it it said altut but oh, yeah I you're guess, right yeah that's when, when you yeah, say yeah. it it's tut. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, it was really funny because he didn't even he didn't even think that it was tooth. He thought it was another berry, but then I googled it. Very funny. This it's called a mulberry. Awesome. If you ever get to try them, they're amazing. They're really good. They go good with a lot of brown people food. Fresh tooth is lit, especially yes. off like the, the, the little grape. My dad thing. said the same thing. He said when they were when they were little, there would be like vines near their houses yeah. where they could just grab it off on top of my garage in Egypt. I know so it was lit. It would have grapes on this side and tooth oh. on this side. You just go walk out. It's like a green, mini, grape, blue, mini purple, whatever. Right there. Yeah. It was so lit. yeah, we we got that. My mom went there to the market, and then um. There was another Eid. I'm forgetting. Some. I basically did that Eid namaz for some little thing. And that namaz was in a courtyard where there were like at least 10,000 people. Nice. So that was like the biggest jamaat I'd ever been a part of in my life. Nice. And it was crazy because I, like, I looked around and I was like, this is the, I've never seen like, like, it's crazy. Like, you know, usually this is you're where COVID by yourself or, like, in a line of people. But I was looking around. I was like, this is just, like, a sea of people who I don't need to, like, look weird around or anything. Like, I'm just chilling. Nobody cares. And uh, then after that, we got invited because, again, the guy we know knows some people. And we got invited to the side room in that mosque where they give, like, a special dinner for people. Uh, and they there's, like, things about the dinner. Like, that when this mosque gives people food because they give it to the homeless a lot, the benefit of eating this food and not wasting a single thing is, like, so important. So I ate as much as I could. My brothers ate as much as we could. And then when we got outside, any of the leftovers, we gave them to anybody who wanted them because the blessings are just so crazy for this thing that people over there, like, believe it so hard that they will, like, steal it from people. That's how, like, I think one of the blessings was that you go to Jannah. One of the blessings was, like, even if you go to hell or something, you'll get, like, a moment in hell or in heaven. So everybody was like, yeah, I want it, I want it, I want it. So we gave them to some people who, who could eat a little bit of the food. And, uh... Uh, from there, we went. Mm, let me consult the pictures again. Consult the diary. Consult the diary. We walked around a lot, saw a lot of uh, downtown Mashhad in Iran. We had like a bunch of like fun at the, uh, uh, like Market Street. Me and my friends, we all got ice cream because we all wanted to go buy something because our parents wouldn't let us. Mm-hmm. So we finally snuck out one night and we went and we bought food and it was freaking the best ice cream i could have ever eaten in my life it was so gorgeous uh, the hotel had like nuts food like so much good Did your hotels food. ever have like a little like store on the bottom floor like the first floor like a grocery store kind of vibes oh 
no. Surprisingly, like when I oh, was oh yeah, in, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. When I was uh, when I was, went to Amra and one of the hotels we stayed at, literally had like a grocery store on like the first door on the on the on the first floor. You 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 come in from outside of all like sweaty, you just want to go up there and and sleep, and you're like ah getting a little snacky you just take a right into the store <laughs> that's so and cute. you got anything from water bottles to pots and pans to snacks to honestly to they food. have like entire walmarts like gutted inside out yeah. in the street like it's basically an entire supermarket in there so then so that's we did the basically the biggest mosque of the city so what happened next was we went around to the countryside of iran because iran is like a very religiously significant place so there's a lot to see there and I remember we were on the highway and then all of a sudden the highway turned into a dirt road and then all of a sudden the dirt road turned into a, a red desert. Like the place we were in was red hills. It was so beautiful. And we went to this place where some, you know, religious people stopped and there's like stories and stuff and we prayed over there. Ottawa. We got water from there, which is like Shifa water, good water that people literally will like drink even though it's dirty. And um, then we went to another place which became a graveyard, one of the biggest grave Islamic graveyards in the world. Um, and we paid depending our on, respects. Depending on whose uh, source. <laughs> yeah, depending on the Wikipedia article. Yeah, depending on who's writing this article. <laughs> and then we went from that graveyard to uh, the city of that graveyard. And it was really cool because it looked like Iraq again, but like even more underdeveloped, like super. Uh, by the way, I didn't go to like places where people actually live in Iraq. All these religious places are just places on the side. So, yeah. So it was like a, that thing I was mentioning in Iraq. Again, it's like buildings, but for no reason. And like things in places where you wouldn't imagine someone lived this far away from mainland yeah. civilization um but this village it looked like um if you played just cause or like gta or something and you go to like that one weird place on the outskirt of the map where there's just like hillbillies or farmers it, it looked like really pretty it was like going getting teleported back in time almost because they didn't have wi-fi or satellite dishes they only had radio um in iran actually the main food i had literally everywhere was just rice with kubede kebab beef kebab and then maybe a chicken kebab. Yeah. Everywhere. Sometimes they would put butter on the rice. That's it. And then in that hotel, in that big mosque place, that's where we got like crazy stuff. But the cuisine in Iran is very simple. It's just rice, meat, butter. Pretty much. And salt, a little bit. And also, I put... Uh, what, what's that thing called again, Ibrahim? The, the pomegranate uh, flakes. Pomegranate flakes. No, but in Arab, it's like zina, zina, zina. Zina, those two words are not what you're thinking of. Z something i put that on everything because it made everything taste so good one of the words you said literally means like worse than haram my arabic is great i don't know what you're talking about. is i think it's like zina or something like that it's like when you do something haram but it's like so bad yeah that's totally what i meant um so then it's like saffron we got back i guess zephron they literally spell it with a z so it might be right so uh, we, we got back from that, and then finally, in the last stop before we got back to civilization, we stopped at this town near that graveyard, which is known for making rings. Yeah. And we got... I didn't get any because I was too underfinanced. I didn't ask my mom for the right amount of money, and I just could not afford anything. But all my friends got blinged out. It was nuts. Everybody got ice. And uh, my mom eventually got us some, and I love those rings. They're so cool. Uh but we stopped at this ring town and then we went home. Ring town. And then basically from here, we had to leave Iran and go to Turkey because our Turkey flight was like a little layover that we extended into another part of the vacation. How long was your Turkey Turkey trip? Part? Turkey was like four days. Oh, that's not too bad. Or like three days or something like that. Yeah, I only went. Uh, the, only, the only time I went to Turkey was like two days. 
just because like at the end of Umrah they take you to Turkey just because right. every religious trip you ever go on or any agency they just drop yeah, you to Turkey to for Turkey. a couple of days and then they go back home. Yeah, so we 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 took that trip but then we extended it. Yeah, and um, Turkey was really cool, and I think I'll talk about Turkey in the next episode, and I will definitely edit this so that it seems more coherent uh, because I know I rambled on a lot, but this trip was like really really fun i really loved it and in retrospect it put a lot of like new ideas in my head it challenged a lot of the ways that i think and exposed me to a lot of the ways that the world thinks that i just didn't know um and it's very weird because as you get older you more and more think that you know everything and i think it's a good reminder for ourselves that you know nothing and you will probably never know everything so don't even assume because when I went here, I had days where my mind, like someone would tell me something that would make me question my religion in the most religious place for my people on the planet. I would be like, wait a second, what? And the uncomfort that I would feel would, it would be crazy. But you have to go through it. You have to go and, and see these things and think about them. Whether you go left or right, whether you make a decision or not, it's about exposing yourself to that knowledge and learning more than just the basic person. Um, and also I met so many cool people on the way, who also challenged a lot of the ways that I thought. Um, a lot of really, really sweet natives who were so hospitable and, and so sweet and understanding and taught me a lot about the country and everything. So in general, this was just an amazing, amazing like life-changing trip. Like It was really, really awesome. And I cannot fully express it over podcast, but I hope that even a fraction of a fraction got to you guys about like what kind of trip this was. Um, so yeah, that's about everything that I can say about the trip. I kind of speed run, sped ran the the last bits of it to get it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So uh I don't know we were going to get into that uh that, that vibe at the end of the I mean, it's it's <laughs> whatever you know you don't know. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry." <laughs> I mean, the trip was not just like, you know, going to Disneyland and like having fun. It was also about like mental stuff. It was a lot about like 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 Ibrahim mentioned earlier, like you're spiritual but like how how much really like yeah. you're sitting in a group of people and they're all going through a thing and you're just like you know you're sitting there like oh it's like all right i'm breathing okay this is awkward now so Everyone there, was around a, crying. there was a lot of learning in this trip and i cut out a lot and i'll probably talk about it more later but um yeah sorry if i if i made you made you feel down ibrahim nah bro i'm putting toothpicks in my beard entertaining listen bro i'm just here to hear a story this is just mm -hmm. story time at this point yeah 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 for the past two episodes just story time <laughs> yeah and hopefully next episode we'll return back to regularly scheduled programming so thank you guys so much for listening thank you guys so much for liking the podcast sharing it hope you enjoyed your trip to wherever wherever Assad said yeah oh what yeah I was gonna. oh you're talking to me no i'm talking, talking to them to talking about you hope they enjoyed the trip that you gave them visually auditory you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant like mushrooms or something. Yeah, not yet. I'll definitely uh, talk more about this in the future, just depending on, you know, if it actually comes up. Because again, I don't I don't know how much people actually want to hear about this, you know? Like, going to Los Angeles is pretty cool. Nah, bro. I but, didn't even talk, do too, too much crazy in Los Angeles. Like, people don't... People already don't like Muslims, so talking about it is not really, like, crazy. Ramadan, at least, is socially, like, understood by people, so it's Well, they also don't popular. know anything about, like... I've never heard of this like trip that you took, so I was like, honestly, I'm down to hear about it. Like, it, bro, I'll give a story. Ain't nobody care. They don't. They don't Hopefully. like it. They'll skip the episode. That's also true. Just skip it. <laughs> we're, we're talking. Well, I mean, bro. I'm telling them to skip it at the end, so maybe. Yeah, it sucks for them. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks, it sucks. You, got, you got a scam, bro. Yeah. But, Welcome. Uh... Thank you for listening to all of it when you could have skipped. <laughs>
but yeah please uh please share the podcast like it let us know what you think in any you know channel any any way that you can um and i i hope you all having a good day i hope the stories for media premium trips were entertaining and um we'll get back to our, our uh, normal style of podcast uh, next post episode 40 i think and then i think we're going to close out season one of the podcast at episode 50 yeah so halfway get, there. get no. ready for our season season one finale oh that sounds so cool oh no oh no oh, yeah. oh my uh all right y'all we'll talk to you guys in the next episode and we'll see you guys later okay bye bye be safe everyone